Welcome to the Wise Up Texas podcast. Wise Up Texas is a nonpartisan nonprofit empowering and educating Texas South Asians to be informed voters and partake in civic engagement. We are South Asian Voices for South Asian Voters. You can visit the Wise Up Texas website at wiseuptexas.org and find us on all social media platforms. This is Poonam Kaji, Wise Up Texas board member and today's host. If you're tuning in, it's springtime in Texas, weather's getting good, um, but we need you to remember there's still some elections coming up. Uh, This is still a very important election year, even though it's not the presidential. We've been calling it the Masala midterm because it's big, big in flavor and important for our community, just like Masala. So what's next? It's the runoff, the runoffs from the primaries. And there are a lot of candidates that are gonna be in the runoffs Um, You can tune in to some of our podcast episodes with some of those candidates who are in the runoffs. Uh, That's on May 24, and early voting will be prior to that. And then also there are some local elections going on. Uh, These might fall under the radar, but keep an eye out for local school districts. Um, We'll have some candidates coming on to talk as well. That's on May 7th. So there will be some um, early voting in April. So as always, lots for you to do to stay engaged as a citizen. We have a really interesting podcast today with a special guest that asked to come on and talk to our South Asian Texans. Um, Specifically, this is a national organization that sees potential in Texas and wanted to talk to us about that. So we are talking to Varun from AAPI Victory Alliance. For more than 30 years, he has been involved in national, state, and local politics as a campaign strategist, fundraiser, policy advisor, and AEPI leader. In 1998, he was appointed to serve in the Clinton administration. He is the founder and past president of the Indian American Leadership Initiative and the largest Indian American network of Democrats in the U.S. He is the current executive director of the AAPI Victory Alliance, I'm so excited to have you here, Varun. Thanks for joining us. Poonam, thanks so much for this great opportunity. Absolutely. So first, I mean, can you tell us, I know I just read a number of amazing things that you've done in different administrations related to voting, but tell us a little bit about what you do with AAPI Victory Alliance. Yeah, so we are the only national 501c4 AAPI organization in the country. Uh, And what that means essentially is we get involved in civic engagement, politics, elections year round. So we don't let off the gas after uh, a major election happens. Uh, We are there 24-7, 365, um, ensuring that not only do Asian American, Pacific Islanders, Indian American, South Asians, do we vote uh, but that we stay civically engaged, um, however, uh, you know, whatever that means locally. And a lot of times that means showing up at city council meetings and exercising your power uh, to influence lo- state and local policies uh, and that sort of thing. So we ensure that we're communicating with South Asians and APIs and making sure that um, we flex that muscle year round so that it doesn't become as hard to remind you to vote or get you to vote closer to an election. And I wanna be clear, AAPI Victory Alliance is a progressive leading organization supporting democratic voters, but 
you asked to come on to our podcast because you, you've identified Texas as an important uh, place, as a place where things are rapidly changing. And specifically, your organization has been looking at data and numbers to look at how our AAPI is growing in Texas. What does that influence mean? So uh, for people who like data and like numbers, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, and, and really Texas is a, I wouldn't call it a microcosm, a macrocosm, if you will, of some of the demographic changes that we're seeing um, throughout the country, right? And so what we continue to see in the 2020 census is that the fastest growing states in the country are in the South and the Sun Belt, Texas being the, the largest of all the fastest growing states. But it continues to be, Texas continues to be, uh, and the South and the Sun Belt continue to be not only the fastest growing states, but the states where AAPIs are the fastest growing segment of the population in the South and Sun Belt. So we are largely responsible for a lot of that fast growing nature, the fast uh, growth potential in these states. And, and why that's important, of course, is you know, you all in Texas received three additional congressional seats this year. And uh, other states in the South and the Sun Belt, Arizona and Florida received one additional. I believe Georgia did as well. I, I can't remember that one. But what's happening is this sort of uh, migration, if you will, from the old uh, large states, New York, Michigan, the upper Midwest, to the southern states in the South. And that has the ability to, to not only add congressional seats, but change uh, electoral votes in, in a presidential election, of course. Yeah, and I do want to just touch on, I mean, we're saying AAPI, we're talking in that about Asian American Pacific Islanders. So um, this includes Indian Americans, Vietnamese Americans, Chinese Americans, Filipino Americans, Korean Americans, Pakistani Americans. I'm sure a, a handful of other demographics are roped in there as well. Um, and when you look, you know, what something that I hear a lot about is like, oh, you know, Latino voters are not a block. Um, and similarly, AAPI voters are not a block. So what does this data really tell you about voters and, and what do we know or what's important to think about? Well, it's it's. Good of you to ask this question. Today is March the 14th, and we just had a press conference and a community briefing last week uh, because our organization, API Victory Alliance, held some focus groups. So this is non-quantitative data. This is more qualitative data. But what, some of the insights that we received out of these focus groups that were done in mid-February in Texas, they were all done in Texas. So AAPIs, and they were swing voters. So what swing voters are essentially are those folks in the middle. Sometimes they vote uh, you know, on the left. Sometimes they vote on the right. They're in the middle, right? And so what we saw were that while AAPIs may not necessarily be a voting block, we're not uh, a monolith, right? We don't all vote together uh, and, and that's because we don't really talk amongst the ethnicities much. Uh, you know, we don't coordinate on that level. Um, but what we did see, um, at least inklings of, and, and we would love to test this uh, theory in doing further research, for further quantitative research, is while perhaps middle-aged and older voters do not behave as a monolith, 
we saw some you know, degree of semblance uh, between youth voters. We did a focus group of just youth voters, AAPI youth voters, 18 to 30. And it did seem that they were behaving more like a, a cohesive entity. And so what we know now nationally is that youth voters, 18 to 30, are the largest cohort of voters in the country. Baby boomers were, and now as baby boomers sort of advanced in age, of course, uh, you know, they uh, reduce in size because of, of deaths, right? Uh, and so now youth voters are the largest voting block. And so this could portend um, perhaps a voting block for AAPIs in the coming five to 10 years as these folks age into sort of that sweet spot of middle-aged years. So there's a lot of exciting things happening and uh, that could bode well, at least for me as a Democrat, uh, because I think that they seem to be more progressive than, than conservative. That's really interesting. Um, and I, I know one thing that we're trying to do for Wise of Texas on a much, much smaller scale, but between our network and our followers is just get some data to talk, to figure out what people are uh, what, what's important for people? What's top of mind? Mm -hmm. And I saw some of the data that your organization shared, like 12% of Asian Americans in Texas lack health insurance, 11% live in poverty. Um, and, you know, last time we did one of these surveys, um, healthcare was the number one issue. I think it probably healthcare and education probably tied, right? Is most important issues for, for people that we were able to survey. Um, and, but I do think it, it really is important for us to know what are Asian Americans experiencing, what would inspire them to vote for a candidate, what are the issues that are most important, because ultimately, people need something to go vote for. And we need to know what those issues are to, to excite the Asian American base or the, the South Asian American base. I want to talk a little bit more about, like, why is Texas important? Um, what is it? What is the buzz on the national level? You know, we're over here just going about our lives, working with the Texas uh, primary and now Texas midterms coming up in November. But why is anybody outside of Texas paying attention to Texas and why are they paying attention to Asian Americans? Well, both great questions. And, and so for some context, right, I um, at the outset of this I'll just say that I, I view Texas as a battleground state. Well, so Asian Americans represent um, roughly about 6% of all the voters in Texas, even though uh, in terms of total population, it's probably closer to 11 or 12%. Many people in our community are uh, not registered to vote. Many people in our community uh, are just here on green cards. Um, and thus won't be uh, eligible to vote one, un, until they become citizens, right? So there's a big gap, um, and that part of that gap needs to be closed. But um, what I would say why Texas is so important, if you were to add up all of the number of Asian Americans in the state of Texas, it would roughly equal the number of Asian Americans of Pacific Islanders in all the other battleground states combined. Right. So you've got a very, very large number of Asian Americans. And wow. the way that I view this is that even though voting in the 2020 election in Texas and, of course, nationally uh, was 
all the expectations were exceeded by very large numbers. So nationally, there was a 47% increase in voting uh, between 2016 and 2020. That was the highest level increase of any demographic likely in the history of our country. And that's what API voters did in the 2020 election. So, and that was reflective certainly in Texas, there was record level uh, of, of voting. And so um, we are a community that has finally gotten engaged and yet we still have a lot more room to run probably only between, uh, according to the latest numbers, around 56 to 58% of our community voted. Now, granted, that's a record number, and, and that 47% increase sort of reflects that, but we still have a lot more room to run. Uh, white, uh, whites and Blacks in this last election voted close to 70% in this, in this last election. So it just shows you that even though we've had record voting, there's still much more we can um, offer. That's really interesting. I mean, the first of all, it's really inspiring to hear that so many more Asians came out to vote um, in this last election. You know that 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 engagement, and hopefully, that means organizations organizations like ours are doing something, making a dent, getting people involved. Um, but I think we're not the only we're not the only ones. We see that generally, there's a lot more enthusiasm for learning about voting, and this is a really interesting time to follow a population and see what the future is going to be. It's in, it's kind of in its uh, process of being shaped and figuring out what the values are and how um, Asian Americans will grow and impact not only Texas, but national politics. So that's really interesting to hear from a national perspective that people are paying that much attention to us here in Texas. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about, you said, you said in your mind, you know, Texas is a battleground state. Um, and, it, you know, I think that's really interesting to hear. And I want to remind our voters and listeners that when you're a battleground state, your issues are more important and you get more attention from candidates. That's always a good thing. Uh, I think when you aren't a battleground state, sometimes you're taken for granted by both by both sides, right? Everybody thinks they can guess the outcome. And so you don't have as much thought put into what does Texas need? What's important for Texas? With that in mind, I know you'd mentioned to me that there's some talk about how the presidential primary works and where Texas should fall in that. Um, I'd love for you to explain that to our listeners. Yeah, and so this is recent news that uh, just came out late last week. It, there was a Democratic National Committee meeting uh, in Washington, DC. And what was floated uh, amongst the DNC delegates was this um, idea of reordering the presidential primary process. And just for, for those folks that aren't, aren't as familiar, right? It's, uh, Iowa is the first in the nation. It happens sometime, um, you know, in late uh, third week of January or so. And then a week later is the New Hampshire primary. And then, then it's Nevada and then it's South Carolina, roughly, you know, a week, uh, a week apart. And then, uh, and then there's several other primaries and then you get to super Tuesday and super Tuesday is when Texas, uh, typically votes, and that is sometime in early March. Um, however, many people have been criticizing 
the party for years because Arizona, sorry, because uh, New Hampshire and Iowa, the, the two first states to go in the process are lily white. They are 96% or so white. They are hardly reflective of the nation. They're hardly reflect, reflective of the vast um, diversity of the Democratic Party. And um, the, the idea that two white states could in, in some way, shape, or form determine the trajectory of who gets in the White House and thus, and, and also the policies that get discussed um, is an anathema to many Democrats, including me. And, and so I've said for some time that, you know, this needed to happen, and I'm glad to see that it is. But the way I wanted to connect the dots for some of your listeners is that if Texas moves up in the primary process, uh, to be close to first, if not first in the nation. And when candidates who are running for president have to traipse through Texas instead of Iowa and New Hampshire, they won't have to learn about uh, ethanol policy like they do in Iowa. They won't have to get really smart on agricultural policy like they do in Iowa. They'll have to get smart on the diversity of issues and the diversity of people that exist in those initial primary states. And if Texas is, those voters, those, sorry, those presidential candidates will have to learn about South Asian voters. They'll have to learn what South Asian voters are and all the nations that make up South Asian voters. Uh, I, I sort of predict that if this happens and Texas moves up, then Asian Americans all of a sudden have the ability to shape the nation. If candidates are smarter about our community and then they get into the White House, then they will have a base of knowledge and thus will on day one be able to enact executive orders and policies and steer the trajectory of Congress so that it better serves our nation. Because if this happens and Texas moves up, this literally creates one of the biggest ripple effects in the nations for APIs for decades to come. That's fascinating. And I, I think for our listeners who, you know, don't get as in the weeds with, with politics and don't get as in the weeds and guessing what's next, I feel like the big takeaway here is the Asian American population in Texas has been growing substantially. That's what our, our 10-year census data told us. Um, voting is becoming a real topic of interest among Asian Americans what we're missing is maybe a cohesive conversation around it and maybe uh, more voter engagement like the WorkWise of Texas does. And that's where um, some national attention is, is coming to Texas to say, hey, look, there is an untapped population here that's growing and important and um, could really shape the, the political landscape. So that's really exciting. I want to I want to end on a note to just say is there is there something else that we didn't talk about that you want to tell our South Asian followers and what's something you would tell them about voting? Well, I think two things. One is that, you know, I live in Virginia, Northern Virginia just outside of DC and we had an election last year. Uh, we're sort of at two two states in the nation are oddballs. We have our uh, gubernatorial elections for governor and statewide offices uh, the year after a presidential. And so number one, I would say if folks were wondering if some of that 
uh, momentum that existed in 2020 still existed. Well, our voter uh, database, our voter file had just been updated about two weeks ago. And it said that there was a 37% increase in voting between 2017 in Virginia and 2021. So there's a lot of momentum still to, to, to continue. And I think that is a leading indicator uh, for what may happen in this, this election. But I would leave your, your listeners with this, is that time and time again, since 2016, since the, uh, I would call it the ill-fated election of Donald Trump, that Asian American and Pacific Islander voters in this country showed repeatedly in local, state, and federal elections that we have the ability to change the national narrative, the local narrative on politics today. And whereas prior to 2016, a lot of the reason that campaigns and the, uh, uh, didn't reach out to our community was because they always said that we didn't vote. They can no longer say that. And so there's a lot of gas left in the tank for our community yet to give. We have a lot of voters to, to yet to register, a lot of voters to educate, and a lot of voters uh, to turn out. But uh, I think your listeners in Texas literally have, the, have an opportunity to change the lives of not only uh, the, of what happens in Texas, but what happens nationally. And if you have the ability to do that, you have the ability to change the lives of everybody on this planet. Uh, and each and every person has to exercise their, 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 um, their choice to vote and get out and make sure that they get 10 of their friends to do so as well. Well, I want to thank you for asking to join and to reach out to our followers and our listeners and um, for the data that that your organization is helping to assess and compile. There's there's really um, nothing more powerful than just seeing you, you can't deny the numbers. We're a growing population. We are an engaged population. And there's room for growth, like you said, uh, which is really exciting. So... That does conclude our interview for today. Again, Varun is joining us from AAPI Victory Alliance. If you want to look the organization up and, and learn more about what they're doing. And if the national uh, organizations are paying attention to Texas, then that means we need to do our part and see, make sure that we're uh, living up to the, to the hype, right? So South Asian Texans, get out and vote. Wise of Texas is a nonpartisan and nonprofit organization, but we welcome interviews with political leaders who want to reach out to our South Asian followers. We don't endorse any candidates or political parties. You can find a recording of this podcast on platforms where podcasts are available. And this episode will also air on Radio Azad and DFW. Please subscribe and share. Thanks for listening. Get educated, get wiser, and start giving a hoot with Wise Up Texas. <laughs>